So welcome to a new episode of Express Yourself, a podcast talking to different content creators and gamers about mental health um, in order to try and destigmatize the topic and to encourage people to talk more, but also to try and find new learnings and new ways in which we can kind of help ourselves improve our own mental health. So today we have on um, a very special guest. We have Loot. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. And um, we, we originally met through a an, another podcast guest, actually. It was Annie, wasn't it? She was one of my first yes. guests on the podcast. I, and I loved getting to watch that because even though you build a relationship in your stream with the people that come in, getting to getting to learn more about her was such a cool experience. Yeah. So I'm really excited that she uh, introduced us. Yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. And um, yeah, so why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, Lutz, for the people at home listening or watching? All right. Well, my name is Loot. My gamer tag is Loot the Body because that is the mindset I have whenever I play games. But actually, on my stream, I uh, do face paint and I pair it with a mental health topic. I am a part-time streamer in a full-time mess. I am a bipolar, quirky homeschool mom of seven. They keep me very busy. I bet they do. Um, wow. And so, I stumbled in to face painting and streaming about mental health. And I love it so much. I didn't realize how much of like a part of my life it was going to become. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> that's awesome. So mom of seven, you said, and um, yes. bipolar as well. Um, tell us a little bit about, um, firstly, uh, what, it, what, what does bipolar mean for the people at home who may not understand or know, be too familiar with, um, with bipolar? So a lot of people will actually refer to it now as manic depressive and manic is like, it's unrealistic goal setting and, and high energy, but it's not high positive energy. It's just high energy. And then, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> so it's just high energy. And then, uh, the depressive side is suicidal typically suicidal ideation um i didn't know really what all suicidal ideation encompassed until i sought help and that was in the form of going to a uh, mental health facility for a couple of weeks and finding out exactly what i was experiencing because i didn't know for sure i didn't know i wasn't treating anything and um we talked a lot about passive suicidal ideation, and that is just the want to not be around anymore. That's not a plan in place. That's not, I mean, it could just be when you wake up in the morning and you wish you didn't have to do the day mm. is passive suicidal ideation, or you're driving in your car and you're curious whether or not you can crash, save the car, but not yourself. Okay. And um, so that, that's very prevalent in the depressive episodes. Um, and typically, and it changes a lot from person to person, but typically you'll experience an episode of one type of like either depression or manic for at least a few days. I mean, sometimes it can be back to back days. It's not typically all within the same day, but, um, for me, it was not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to take a shower, 
not wanting to, I, I had already decided I failed at everything during the day before I got out of bed. Mm. And so um, when it got to its lowest point, when it got to, okay, maybe I'm actually considering an actual plan, um, I went into the ER. And being suicidal is an emergency. And I don't think we talk about that fact enough. It is an emergency. And if you go yeah. to the ER, they take you seriously, which you don't realize what a big deal that is until they do it. And you're like, oh, my God, they're not questioning whether or not I mean it. They're not telling me they're doing this for attention. They put a nurse immediately with you and they don't leave your side until you are in a safe ward. And the validation in that alone helped with my mental health journey. Okay. Because I think a lot of the time we're, we're treated like, you know, we're crying wolf. So people pay attention to us and that's not the case. Okay. And up, up until that, that point where you went to the hospital, did you, did you have a diagnosis? Did you, did you know what it was you were going through? I, I come from a line of bipolar humans, but my relatives never never handled it, never, never worked on it, never acknowledged it. Um, because I mean, yes, now I feel like the stigma is breaking. I feel like people are talking about it more, but before there was something wrong with you. Mm. And it was very much about appearance, very much about not be having anything wrong. And so I always, I always suspected there was bipolar disorder in my family. I always knew that it was a possibility. And even, even as vigilant as I was about trying to pay attention and look inward and make sure, I did not even catch it for years. Because a really cool perk of being manic is that you feel invincible. Okay. You feel like you can do anything and take on the world. And so even though there was a history of it in my family... Um, and even though I thought I knew what I was looking for, I didn't have an official diagnosis until I went in and got help. Okay. Okay. We, we went in quite deep, quite quickly. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but that's all good. That's all good. Um, I, I, is there, is there, a, um, um, kind of a, uh, because whenever I, um, I think about bipolar, I always think there's a low and there's a high. Is it is the the high that you're talking about? Is that the kind of the the energetic side of things? Yes, yes. And there's the the biggest thing I've tried to learn and work on since I started getting help, which was almost two years ago now. The biggest hurdle for me has been learning what healthy goal setting is and what unrealistic expectations are, and making sure that I don't cross that line because it can be very easy to do. Okay. Do but that's yeah, it's the, the high energy invincibility is, is the manic side. Mm. Do you have an example of what, what, those, what those might be? Uh, so I went to the grocery store with a list and I still came out with an obscene number of snacks nothing on the list and i spent way more than i should have um <laughs> for me it's not it was never typically overspending just because i don't have that luxury with all the kids um 
So besides that example, it was actually really inappropriate attention seeking. And like the rush of somebody like paying attention to me, which did not do great things for my marriage. But it it was something that we didn't realize exactly what was going on. We didn't realize like because I was I was so certain I was like in the right. I was not at all. And so not only does the manic side have like their own like particular behaviors, but we also have the like tendency to defend it. And from an outside perspective, it would be like, that's wrong. But the person who's in the manic phase is like, no, no, let me tell you why it's right. Okay. But looking back, you can be like, oh, geez, that was, that was manic. Cool. <laughs> okay. So you can recognize it looking back objectively. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So t- two years ago, you, you, you seeked help, I think you said, and like, I mean, you've got seven kids, so you've been going through this with your, 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 your kids as well, right? So because the kids were so small when I went in, um, they thought mommy went to the spa for a couple weeks because I didn't want to scare them. Yes, mental health will be a topic that we could discuss. It's been two years, and so I do talk about mental health with my 12-year-old. Mm. But it was not something... One of my big... Sorry, one of my big goals as a parent is that I do not treat my children like emotional bellhops. Like, they are not meant to carry my baggage. And so... As they age, we'll talk about, you know, what it is to have bipolar disorder and what to look out for because it can happen earlier. I mean, it's typical late teens, mid-20s. And looking back, I can absolutely see it in my late teens and mid-20s. But I want them to be as prepared as possible for whatever the world brings. And so mental health is definitely an open conversation at my house and one of the roughest parts about being a parent and going through mental health issues is the guilt. Because you, you are mad at yourself and you, you treat it like, why isn't it good enough that I have these amazing humans? Why is that not enough to keep me healthy? Okay. Which is a very unfair mentality. Yeah. Thinking back to my childhood, even to back to five, six years ago, if someone asked me about mental health or about what it means, I, I don't think I'd be able to articulate a, a, a proper response. So I think it's really good that you are talking to your kids about it so young and educating them because it's it's something that's, yeah, it's, it's prevalent in most people's lives. Um, and I think it's it's something, it's as important as our physical health, right? So it needs to be introduced moving forward, certainly earlier to, to people so they know how to look after themselves because it's, yeah, it's like physical health. It needs to be managed and um, you need to look after yourself in the right ways. Absolutely. Actually, one of my huge dreams um, for the future is to get to tour high schools and middle schools and open the mental health conversation because I had a counselor in my school 
Do you want to know how many times I went and saw her? Exactly zero. Mm. Because I didn't understand the importance of checking in. I didn't understand that it was okay to be overwhelmed. It was okay to be mad about some situations and sad and, and that it was super healthy, actually, to have those emotions and feel them and go through them. And my best friend and I in high school would call our demeanor in high school our school face. Because we, would, we didn't want anybody else to know that our home life was not ideal. And so we would put on a face for school. Okay. And I just, I, that, yeah, that's a huge dream of mine is to be able to actually like tour and visit and help kids understand the importance of it. That's awesome. So you, you talked a little bit when introducing yourself that you fell into streaming, uh, which incorporates kind of makeup and mental health topics. So why don't, why don't you let us know a little bit? Because that, that's obviously, that's quite close to where you want to go, in, in, except it's more of a, a digital um, yes. realm, right? Yes. So I, I had never heard of streaming. I had never heard of Twitch. I knew kind of what podcasts were. Yep. Because I was a technically inclined cool kid. <laughs> and I was 29. My younger brother came to stay with us. I hadn't seen him really in 15 years, um, except for the occasional, because uh, he moved a few states away with my parents when I was younger. And uh, he's like, okay, well, I kind of want to do a podcast and I want to play video games. Why don't we do a stream? And I was like, I don't know what that means, but okay, tell me what we got to do and I'll put it together. And so I started a Twitter and I had never had one. <laughs> and I felt ancient trying to like figure everything out because all, most of the people I ran into as we were trying to get affiliate and trying to, to run it, uh, you know, run the channel were like 19. That was like the average age. And I'm over here at 29 going, um, should I be doing this? <laughs> but uh, our, our channel was all satire. It was actually called My Sister Sucks at Video Games because... We played Kingdom Hearts, which was just like a, a nostalgic experience for me and my little brother. And I really hadn't played video games since I had seen him last. So it was like, it was a lot of fun. We had a blast. And um, we stopped streaming together um, in March of 2019. Um, our dad got suddenly sick and passed like in 30 days. Oh, wow. And so we just couldn't find our groove again after that. And I was turning 30 and I was about to experience my thirties without my dad. My dad and I weren't like super close. So I had a whole lot of different emotions about it. Yeah. And ultimately like the weight of all the emotions is what led me to get help. Um, so I got help in July of 2019, right after I turned 30. And I turned to streaming. And I wasn't even streaming myself. I was just hanging out in streams that I had found that were super positive. And the communities, like, were very open and receptive. And honestly, like, Having them as I was getting used to my meds, as I was going through this whole process, having that there 
saved my life. Streaming saved my life. And once I got more comfortable, because one of the things I did in in the mental health ward was uh, I, I would sing. I'm not good at singing, but I really enjoy it. Like I enjoy the feeling of it. Mm. And so that carried over into my stream. And this is when Twitch Sings was around. And so my community was still there. They knew everything that I had gone through. They kept showing up, which was amazing. And I started playing on Twitch Sings. And as I was doing that, October was approaching. And I was like, I kind of want to dress up. I've never gotten to do that. And I kind of really want to. And I got face paint for my kids because I, for Halloween, I have seven kids. I'm not buying seven $20 outfits. Sorry. <laughs> so I went and got a $12 face paint kit. And we uh, pick out outfits, or sorry, we pick out characters based on whether or not they have regular clothes. So then I don't have to go shopping for the outfit. I just have to do the hair and makeup. Very smart. So, uh, I had all this leftover face paint. And I'm like, well, why not? And uh, one of my other uh, community members, who I have always admired, his, he's Timmy the Tooth. Um, he wanted to start doing Mental Health Mondays. And I was like, I love that. Can I get in on that? And so I did Scarecrow face paint on a Mental Health Monday, and I called it False Fears. And the concept was that a crow will stay away from nourishment because he's scared of something that cannot hurt him. Hmm. And how many times have we done that? Kept, hmm. some, kept ourselves away from something positive because of an obstacle that really wasn't going to prevent us from moving forward. And I fell in love with it. And I just, after that, I was like, okay, well, I want to, I think I want to do some more face paint looks. I think I want to do some more mental health streams. And I did. And now I've been doing it ever since. So about a year and a half now. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a great story. Nice introduction as well to how you got into to streaming and i think it's a really nice like um combination makeup and mental health because i was speaking to my fiance last week when we were initially going to do this before the technical difficulties yeah. and i and i was speaking to her and i said so what is it about makeup that you really enjoy doing and she said well it's just like the process of just being in that moment and focusing and like making yourself look nice and get over trying to kind of get past any insecurities that you that you might have so it's very like very much connected to the mental health and i'm sure it's i'm sure jolly is not alone when she says that so i really like i really like the um the, the combination of those two things i think it's great it's i spent the first year getting used to taking selfies because I didn't do that. I don't have very many pictures with my kids when they're younger because I didn't want to be in front of the camera. And I finally feel like I have the confidence to take selfies and take pictures of myself. And that came from doing it with face paint on and like slowly getting into taking pictures that didn't have to have face paint. 
And so it's absolutely tied together with taking care of ourselves and that self-care. And uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with that. Awesome. So it's not just Twitch streaming, is it? You've, um, you've actually got a, a book, if I'm not incorrect. Yes. Yes. I have a book that was inspired by the stream. It's actually called uh, Mental Health and Makeup, Volume 1. Awesome. And it's from the first year of streaming. And inside it, there are um, different poems that I wrote while I was in the mental health facility. But there's also uh, 20 of the looks, like the scarecrow mm. and the topic. And so the, the idea is I'd like to do one of these every year and do like a recap of mental health poetry and do uh, 20 of the looks and just, you know, open the conversation more because I, I feel like I have a unique point of view. And I think that for a long time, I, I was really afraid of it because, you know, it wasn't normal. It wasn't how everybody looked at the world. But now I'm finding like... Because of it, I can come up with some of the looks and some of the topics and, and that I'm very proud of. And so um, it's just been a, a creative outlet, <laughs> for sure. And publishing the book was a, was a huge uh, personal goal, was to publish and be an author. And I'm now a published freaking author. <laughs> and yeah, so that's... If it's all right, I would like to read one of the poems. That would be amazing. Okay. So this one's called They Only See. They only see the one I show, hiding so no one will know, must blend in, use camouflage. My soul bleeds out beyond triage. I wish the dark would come to stay, to never see another day, to cease existing, cease to be, until no more a memory. Wow. Yeah, that's really powerful. So this is something you wrote when you were in the uh, mental health facility in 2019. Yes. Yeah, and every poem in this volume is from that stay. Yeah. Um, for the next volume, some will be from the stay, but there are others I have been working on as well. Just re reading that out, how does it, how does it make you feel? It used to be terrifying. And it's actually because of my community that I'm not so scared of it anymore. Because I would read it on stream and I would get very positive feedback and I would just feel heard, which is a big deal for me. I know that everybody kind of feels validated in different ways. For me, it's being heard. And um, so now it's been about or five months since the book was published, but it's been about two years since I've been saying it on my stream. And now I just feel like really proud of it. And really like, I really hope it resonates with one person because if it resonates with one person, I'm doing the job right. Like that's, that's all I want. And so that's, it's, it's much less terrifying than it was to start. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely think it, it will resonate with a bunch of people. I think it's really, really powerful poem. Um, and the fact that you've, uh, you can use that as a way of kind of trying to, trying to get that validation that you, that you seek as well, which, you, which 
you should get as well. So I think that I think that's I think that's really cool. And do you like do you often do you think back to how you were in that moment and see kind of how how far you've come? Does that how does that make uh, you how does that make you feel? I actually I just I just had a tweet recently and it said I'm really proud of what I've done. I'm really proud of um, what I plan to accomplish. I'm really proud of, you know, what I'm doing in the moment. So why is my brain like nobody cares and you don't matter? Because some days that it's just a brain to actually my shirt. I don't know if you can see it. It says brains are rude because uh, brains are rude. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's sometimes when I am like in that train of thought, in that rough headspace, it is nice to be able to look back and be like, okay, but you know what? Uh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I feel like crap today, but that's okay because I feel like crap today, not I feel like crap for forever. And when you are not getting help and help means, you know, whatever works for you, whether that's therapy, medicating, exercise, whatever, um, it can feel like you're never going to have that light at the end of the tunnel. And so now it's, it, I get mixed emotions when I look back at the poetry because I feel really strong for being able to be where I'm at right now. But I also feel very self-conscious because it was such a vulnerable place. Like each of the pieces really have a part of me. Mm. And yeah, so it's like, it's like raw, but strong, but I don't know. It's, it's a whole combination of stuff when I, when I go back and look at the poems. Yeah, I mean, you should feel proud because it shows kind of where you were and you took you took a situation which might not be seen positive at the time, like being checked into a mental health clinic. And then you use that to to create this awesome poetry, which has now been published into a book. I mean, that's awesome. That's amazing. And you probably put a lot of uh, pressure on yourself to get that get that book out. Right. Must it must have been a bit stressful. So <laughs> I, I, I did publish in February. I have a stream team. It is team rejects. I adore them. And I, I was only able to publish because of the amazing support I got from my team because that, that inner voice that who cares what you have to say that, uh, constant nagging about whether or not your voice matters screaming pretty loud when I was trying to to get everything put together and publish and the funny part is that like I compartmentalized so hard about like I want to publish a book and I'm going to publish a book and I published a book that I didn't think about people buying it I was just so focused on creating it and when you are uh, when when you have manic tendencies, it can be very difficult to finish a project. You have all this energy going into it, and then you start to get overwhelmed. And so the fact that I finished publishing it was like a huge win for me. But then like I'm in my own false fears cycle right now because I'm so scared of doing well. But I have not 
put the work in to promoting the book and the stream and the website the way I should because I'm just so scared. Because if I do better than where I'm at now, it opens the door to have other people criticize me <laughs> and I don't do well with criticism. Yeah. And so it can be, it can be, it's like, it was an exciting process, but it's also still like nerve wracking even now afterwards. <laughs> yeah. You're still working through it. And I can completely relate to what you said there in terms of you've put something out there and now you're, you're still kind of scared of being judged negatively or critically. And so it kind of stops you from trying to promote it and get it out further. Um, I had a similar incident um, when I was working with my fiance on a YouTube video and um, she was in the same situation. And I was like, well, do you not want to, yeah, you post it, but do you not want to share it, let everyone know about it? And it was that step that was the most difficult for her. She did it. Uh, she needed the, she needed the cheerleader. I was the cheerleader. Um, but um, she did it and she felt really good for it. So I think it's really important to have that support network around you, your stream team there to give you this, this positive energy and um, everything that you need to help push you through that. Um, and I think, I think we all need that because we all self-criticize and self-doubt and talk ourselves down. And I think um, no one can do it alone. We all need, we all need support, don't we? Oh, I absolutely agree because sometimes that's that's the like that's the only difference between us falling into that little voice and us succeeding. And uh because of my my fears and my struggle with promoting, I actually uh a streamer I mentioned earlier, Timmy the Tooth, is one of my book managers, so he reaches out and talks to stores and stuff like that to get the book out there. Um we just added one more uh manager to the team. And then also Timmy and I do a mental health podcast every other Sunday night. And so like having the people rally that are in your life that are, you know, want to see you succeed, that's, that can make or break a lot of different kinds of dreams. And so it's really important to have your family. And like, that doesn't mean blood relatives. It just means the people that are in your corner, um, having them is, is super important. Yeah. And the the podcast that you speak of, this is um, completely mental. Is that is that right? Yeah, it's called Completely Mental, and it is every other Sunday night. Okay, and what what, what happens on the podcast? Uh, Timmy and I usually just pick a topic. We've done mental health and kids, um, what it means to be bipolar. Um, we did a couple other ones, and then we've had to take a, a short hiatus. Uh, just with both of us dealing with family issues and so hopefully in the next not not this coming week but the one after that we'll be back on schedule okay cool yeah i'd love you to share it in uh, the earth mode discord as well when you when it does happen so i get um so i can share it with the the community i think that's i think that's awesome Every, everything i do is also like centered around mental health as well so i'd love to invite um, people that I know to get involved with that and and be part of it yeah and I when I started doing mental health stuff I was really nervous about it because I didn't know very many communities 
that talked about it. I mean, the fact that we just got all the different tags on Twitch for mental health is huge. And so I, I always love finding those communities like yours that just allow so much growth for the mental health conversation. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. So good. <laughs> so lots of good stuff in there. Now, um, I wonder if we can go, go back a little bit to, um, to the topic of bipolar and because one, one thing I'm wondering, having like taught you a little bit about it is what it, what is, at what point, what, is there, is there a moment in time that kind of causes this? Is there a, a childhood trauma? Is there, is there a moment in time or is it genetic? I, I'm, I'm not even sure. So bipolar disorder is genetic, but because of my own personal uh, experiences in life, uh, my ears right through here will get bright red when I'm manic. Okay. And it's super funny because even if I don't know that I've, I've crossed the line, Two of my kids are like, you guys, we really need to stop now because uh, mom's, mom's about to lose it. <laughs> There's a warning so, signal. Yeah, yeah. They have their own little personal, like, yeah, signal to let them know that they probably need to chill out. And um, bipolar disorder, though, it is genetic. It is uh, something that's... I can see back in my family history who had it based on their own struggles with communication and struggles with coping with the world around them. And that's probably one of the hardest parts of choosing to go down your own mental health journey. And I had to have a friend of mine tell me that it is not my job to advocate for family. And I didn't realize that's what I was trying to do. And it was causing uh, difficulties in my relationship with my family because I wanted to, I'm getting healthy and I want you to get healthy. And I got a little too like aggressive about it when I wasn't trying to be. I was like, I was just, you know, attacking them with love and they didn't appreciate it. And so what, that was one of the toughest things I had to learn and when you decide to go down your mental health journey, you start to set up boundaries. And boundaries are super healthy. Yeah. Boundaries should be respected. <laughs> and when someone refuses to respect that boundary, it's a problem. And so I had to learn what I should and what I shouldn't expect of family. And what I was and was not okay with. And... So setting boundaries and trying not to advocate for family were two of the biggest stressors for me trying to figure it all out. Um, and then there's not anything that really sets off the manic mo mode. But when I start to feel like I'm losing control, when I start to feel like um, I'm not getting enough done, I'm not doing enough, I'm not being enough, when that, when that thought process kicks in, I'm I'm pretty much straight headed for a, a depressive episode, and 
there are a couple of people that can get through to me and help me before that happens. But they also know that sometimes I just need to let that happen. Yeah. And and I need to just be low and feel it and then move on. Because the more times you can allow yourself to be in that extreme and then survive it, the the less scary it becomes. Yeah. Because you can look back and see that you've you've made it through and it's just it's just a moment that needs to happen. Right. Do like do has has bipolar caused you to have any kind of other bad or any bad habits is it i am almost a year smoke free i was a uh i smoked cigarettes and i would go through half a pack to a pack a day it was not great but it was like something i could be in control of uh-huh. even though ironically i was not in control at all but um one that wasn't super unhealthy, but was excessive. I rearranged my furniture every like six to 12 weeks. Like completely, I switched up the kids' rooms. I rearranged the living room, just constantly reorganizing because it was a control thing. I didn't like my reality. And because I didn't like my reality, I wanted to do something I could be in charge of. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, that was more excessive than anything else. And then when it came to setting boundaries, when it came to this is how I have to live now, I, I medicate. That doesn't work for everybody. For me, it does. Um, and so I have to stay on my meds. My meds are not going away. My, my meds are a lifetime diagnosis. And I've had a couple of people say like, Oh, well, when you get better and you don't have to take your meds. I'm like, if I stop taking my meds, we're in a real bad place. Okay. And so for me, I will be taking meds for the rest of my life. I don't see that as a negative. I see that as like a physical reminder that I'm caring enough about my mental health. But a lot of people do have an issue with, with medicating. Yeah. But obviously it's helping you. So it's it can only be a, a good thing. And it's, yeah, it's... I I can tell when I've missed a dose. I can tell, like, and it's not just me that, I, you know, it's not just that I can tell, but my immediate circle can also tell. And there are there are two different ways to uh, ask about somebody and their meds. One is just like, hey, I'm just checking in on you. The other one is, are you on your meds? Don't do the second one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it seems to help you like function to a really really high like level you you're you're looking after and you're bringing up a a small army of kids (laughs) (laughs) yeah my tiny horde yeah (laughs) are there any other negative impacts from the medication or is it from what you can see is it all, all good um there's not really been any negative side effects i when I take my meds for bed, I'm like asleep in the next 30, 45 minutes. Like I it's they they work very well. <laughs> so if I have to stay up later, it kind of want like throws off my whole schedule. But overall, like the medicine, it helps me feel like myself. Which was weird at first. 
because at first I was just kind of in the middle and I didn't know how to exist like that. And so, but now I'm really thankful that I have it because I still, I will still experience manic episodes. I will still experience depression, but it's, it's a little more of an out of body experience. And in the fact that I'm like, okay, I can recognize what this is. Yeah. I can still feel it and I can go through it. But now I, I'm doing it with the understanding of what's happening. Yeah. And that, that's a major, a major issue in, in your mental health journey. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And that's great because um, there, there is a stigma around kind of medication. And um, it's, it, it seems like medication is there to kind of give you a, a balance that you, or I don't know if a balance is the right word, but that, that chemical kind of balance that you need in order to function and like be yourself, as you say, uh, which is really awesome. And um, yeah, I speak to a lot of people on this podcast and um, there are, there are many people who I speak to who are taking medication. And it's only been a good thing for them. That combined with things like therapy is, um, is something that's really kind of helped them improve. So these two things have in the past, as you said, been kind of seen negatively, but they're definitely definitely there and helping people like yourself um, to, 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 to live your fullest life. So that's awesome. Is there, is there anything else that you do for, for yourself, your mental health? I, I guess like streaming is something that like you're really passionate about and helps you kind of get, get you in those, those good vibes and help you through moments, I guess. Is there anything else? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely streaming. Um, I write, so I did, I have written a book. I am in the process of, uh, writing a fantasy fiction series and I cannot wait. And so for me, sometimes I have a hard time articulating in conversation. Sometimes I can't find the right words or I just, (laughs) I I pause and I have, I have struck or uh, I have. I was like perfect timing. I struggle with, explaining what I'm thinking and feeling and um my marriage was not COVID resistant um we split up about August August so so recent yeah um which a lot of people keep saying how recent that is and like I feel like since the way that my journey went with it it doesn't feel that recent to me. It just it's, it kind of was the natural progression with how things had gotten. Yeah. And so I did recently start seeing somebody and we we are co-authors on this series. And when I get overwhelmed and say that I need some time to sort out my my thoughts and I write and I articulate it Typically, I will write scenes for the series that kind of express, like, how I'm feeling and how I think he's feeling, and he's always super receptive to it. And, like, when you write to me, it feels like poetry. I'm like, this is my crazy on a page. Are you sure (laughs) that this is something that you're, you know, up for? And he just, like, is very, very 
we just, we work very well together, but to be able to have somebody that like is patient and will wait so that I can write it down instead of speak it is, is just such a major thing. Yeah. I think I, I don't know if I answered your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you did. And uh, no, I'm very similar. I struggle with words. I struggle to articulate myself. Um, and I also take long pauses, which kind of frustrates people, <laughs> but it's just the way I am. <laughs> I think it's great that you found kind of creative writing as a way of trying to communicate your feelings. Maybe I should, maybe I should do something like that. I, uh, yeah, I always, I've always struggled communicating how I feel. And even before that, being aware of how I feel. So maybe there's, there's something there I can, I can take away from myself. Some people find comfort in coloring I've never been that person, but if I can get the words down, I'll stop spinning in my head. Yeah. Like I have, I have 20 pieces just like in the book that are like, it took a load off of me when I was able to put it on a page and be happy with how it looked. And I know that like the writing process for some people is like a multi-stage process for me. And I, I don't know if it's because of my, my manic, side or what but like every piece that i've written i've written within like five to ten minutes because i can't walk away from it until it's done and yeah my older brother he does coloring my younger brother he likes to longboard like everybody kind of has their own thing that helps them with coping i actually i also crochet which I have a blast doing. I like to get creative and yeah. So I, I will make things for the kids and they get a kick out of it because I made it and I get a kick out of it because it's something to just like do. And then it maybe takes like an hour, an hour and a half to make a beanie. And then I'm like, then at the end, I'm like, look, I did a thing and you can see it and it <laughs> is tangible because when I go on and I, I update my emotes and I, work on the computer all day and I, you know, get a whole bunch of stuff done and then I turn around and the laundry's not been touched all day. I'm like, did I even get anything done? Like, <laughs> and so that's been really helpful. And then there's one, one other project that uh, I am helping with. It is a, uh, a little series of a talk show cartoon. And once I have, once we have a, a more solid, uh, When we're closer to releasing them, I'll be able to to talk more about it. But I'm very excited to see how that turns out. I I both of the both the series of books and this little uh, cartoon talk show I ended up being a part of because the creators were like, "Hey, what do you think?" And I gave real feedback instead of like, "Hey, cool, sounds good." And so then I ended up getting to help write. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> so awesome. if you have opinions on something, people ask you for your opinion. Try to, you know, give them that. <laughs> Share it. You never know what will happen. That's, that's a cool right. story. And that sounds really fun. Have you always been this creative? Even before kind of you, you wrote this, this, this first set of poetry? Um, my favorite class in high school was creative writing. Okay. Um, and theater so I've always really enjoyed that outlet 
but I never, before publishing, I never really thought, I mean, I liked the stream, but I never really felt like what I did and how I thought was good enough. And that's a really rough headspace to leave, is that you're not good enough. It's actually like, I learned this as an adult and I try to say it on my stream as much as I can, that you have value. Value is not a point-based system. Value is not something you have to earn. You already have it. You're valuable. So love yourself because you're worth it. And hearing that, it still took me four years to believe it. Yeah. Because I was so, I had tied my worth to what I could get done. And yeah. so, sorry, I just drifted. No, I think, I think that's um, I, I think that's really great what, what you said because it it comes it kind of comes down to like positive affirmations, doesn't it? Kind of affirming, like just giving yourself that that the the credit that you are all these things and that you you are a valuable person. I think that's I think that's really important because a lot of us, as we talked about earlier, will, will be. We are our own worst enemies in the way that we talk about ourselves. Um, but actually, um, if we just turn that conversation around and become our own cheerleader and our own like biggest supporter, then that that's the way that's one really powerful way of improving our mental health. I actually just had a friend of mine in streaming. Uh he did a little video like during a walkabout, and he was talking about, you know, there are three what's, what was, what is, and what if. And a lot of the time we can take that what if and only focus on what ifs that are negative. Mm. He's like, and what if we turn that around and think about what ifs that we want? What ifs that, you know, would feed us, feed our souls and propel us forward. And so I've tried to start applying that. Like, what if I do really well? Yeah. It's got me still a little bit scared of doing well, <laughs> but it's nice. I feel like there's an energy shift when you change that, that like is a positive within ourselves. Yeah, massively, because our thoughts are energy at the end of the day and your energy can be positive or it could be negative. So if you switch from a negative mindset to a positive mindset, then that's only going to create more positive energy for you right so i think that's i think that's a really important lesson for a lot of us because i i certainly suffered um with a lot of anxiety growing up and it was always thinking about the worst things that might happen or <laughs> and these things barely very rarely happened right the the, the worst outcome is ne not always going to happen it's very rarely going to happen so what are the other outcomes or just like not even like just focus on the moment you don't really have to spend too much time thinking about the the, the future especially if it's if it's something you can't plan for but that, that's an important shift that a lot of us have to to go through so i'm glad glad you brought that up that could be defining for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Have you got any other pearls of wisdom that you want to share with us? Um, 
I mean, most of most of the things that I go through day to day are, you know, kid related. So I would say that even when we can't see our value, it's there. And that it is okay to feel like things are not okay. Um, and that our feelings are valid. Yeah. That's great. Well, th I mean, this has been a really awesome conversation. Thank you so much. I'm just Thank wondering. Thank you for having me. Well, you're, <laughs> you're more than welcome. And I'd love to have you back in the future sometime. Um, I think there's, there's probably a lot more that we can talk about as well <laughs> and dive into. Um, but yeah, I just wonder one one of the I'd like to finish on a couple of questions. The first one is like, how are you doing now? I am very proud of where I'm at now. And I'm very excited with where I will be. And I'm very appreciative of what I've been through to get to this point. Yeah. That's great because obviously what you've been through has made you the person you are today. Um, and from what I can tell us, it's, it's, you're a really amazing person who's m managed to um, be uh, a mum coping with um, uh, bipolar disorder, which a lot of us <laughs> might struggle to even understand, let alone cope with. So um it's great to hear that you're feeling very optimistic and very excited and very proud. So you should. <laughs> and, um, okay, great. So last question for me then. I'm not sure if you prepared for it. Some people forget about it because it's probably not the most important one, but, um, <laughs> if you were a character from a video game, who would you be and why? Uh, Mrs. Pac-Man. Mrs. Pac-Man. Awesome. Is there, I love eating. <laughs> She eats all day long, stays the same size. Oh, so okay, okay, okay. I also love food, so I can I feel you there. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. What thank I would do for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> what I would do is um share um your your links in the description um so people can find you easily and um and yeah thank you again for being so open and honest and um it's been a really great conversation so thank you i really appreciate being on here and uh getting a chance to talk uh about part of my journey and then i'm looking forward to to meeting some more like-minded people yeah amazing thank you enjoy the rest of your day and i'll um, speak to you soon <laughs>